Hey friends, and welcome to this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a counterterrorism professional turned career coach, speaker, and Forbes blogger, and I created the U-Turn Podcast because, let's face it, every now and again, we realize that we're living life on autopilot, and it's time to wake up and make that U-Turn in your life. So prepare to go deep with some of the most transformational people I know, here to help you grow and upgrade your mindset, whether it's in work or love. Also, be sure to stick around for the end of every episode where I'm going to reflect on the conversation and offer actionable coaching insights to have a real impact on your life. In the meantime, we've opened up access to three free e-courses on uturnpodcast.com. So head on over there if you want to land a new job you love, find your purpose, or launch your dream business. All of these courses are totally free. All you got to do is head on over to uturnpodcast.com. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com. Now let's get started with this week's guest. If you want to start transitioning, it is, you're going to have a time, a period in your life where it's a hustle. And I, I, you know, I think so many people, that word is not a very popular word right now, but I don't know how else to tell you. Like, yeah, totally. (laughs) you're gonna, if you are in the process of an identity shift or changing your life, you are breaking through the atmosphere. And the only way to get to the next level to break through the atmosphere is to be in full throttle on the rocket ship, or you're just going to break down. Hello, friends. It's Ashley here. And of course, it's another week on the U-Turn podcast. And it's another week of me using this podcast as an excuse to hang out with my best friends. So we've got Lori Harder here. She's an author of A Tribe Called Bliss, a speaker and the host of the Earn Your Happy podcast. And of course, most importantly to me, my friend, a beautiful soul and someone who really inspires me, moves me and just gets me unstuck by just being her. So I'm so excited to have her here to talk about how you can turn your ideas into a reality because I can imagine that sometimes our brains feel like soup and we have all these thoughts and we don't know which one to pick. So before I keep talking any further, Lori, thank you so much for being here with me. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. And this literally feels like therapy. So (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking about that for me. I'm like, how, how could she be saying that? Because ever since we've gotten on the phone, those of you listening, we've been, we've been uh, talking for like 15, 20 minutes before we started recording. And I totally just projected onto Lori and was like, everything's falling apart. Can you help? And she just gave me all the ideas and called it therapy for her somehow. So that's amazing. Because you make me, you made me feel normal. I was like, oh my God, someone else is experiencing the same thing that I experience. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting too, because I think that, um, we are in a really beautiful community of women and I'm noticing with myself, and I don't know if you go through this where there's, there's always what's going on in your life and the truth of how you want to talk about it. And then sometimes, like I was telling you, it's like, um, maybe there's a girlfriend that I don't feel as comfortable with. And I go into a story, like, I don't want to share with her the exact truth of how I feel. Like, cause maybe the truth is I don't like Sally and Sally's not being nice to me. I don't want to be seen as like talking shit or not being a nice person. Uh-huh. And so it takes a certain level of trust when you have a certain friend where you're like, I trust that they know my soul and they know that I'm communicating with them to be able to hear what's true and help me work work through it without any judgment and that's you. And so I'm curious, like, how did you get to such a beautiful point where you're in the world, bringing ideas into a reality, you have your friendships, you have your relationship. Like there's a lot of beauty in your life, Lori, and I'm curious how you nurture that. 
I think it's kind of what you said. It's really realizing that you have your truth and you have this authenticity that you obviously want to show up in whenever you possibly can, wherever you possibly can, but that there are places that you kind of learn to guard your entire truth and make sure you have outlets where you can process in that way. Because I think it's just massive self-awareness. And I know that I process verbally. So if I don't have those super safe spaces to be able to, you know, talk about the craziest ideas, like Chris and I call it stupid idea time. We got that from our friend, Rob Murgatroyd, like if I don't have those spaces where I'm like, bring all of the stupid ideas or bring every emotion, like, oh my God, did you feel bad? Did you say something you didn't want to say? Like, did you, you know, did she totally offend you? Like, what does that look like? Because otherwise I'm going to like stuff it down and there's not going to be a lot of beauty. Like I have to learn how to make peace with every single decision that I make and then cut off the energetic, like cord that I have tied to whatever it was that I was feeling bad about. And a lot of that I do through processing with friends, kind of like what we did right before this. Like now I feel so peaceful around, you know, the different topics that we were talking about. And I think that creating those safe spaces for yourself and asking yourself, where do I need support? How do I process and not comparing your decision-making process or your choices or your thoughts or, you know, the chaos in your brain, like don't judge your process, just figure your process out and how you can best support yourself. Yeah. It's, it's, I feel like self-awareness, it's so hard to read the label sometimes when you're inside the jar. And so it's almost like, you know, all this about yourself, you know, that you verbally process best. And I think there's a lot of people that like sit and and don't even, they're totally frozen with communication of like, how do I even start talking and figuring me out? Like, Mm -hmm. what are some like books you've read or things you've realized that have helped you get so aware? And I know that that's a really small question for what could be a really lifelong answer. Mm. Oh man. I, I mean, I think that honestly, I just... I started to learn that um, my life was no fun alone because every day at like two or three o'clock when I was starting to really um, become an entrepreneur and when we were doing a lot of network marketing, it was like I would just get so depressed and I was doing all of the right things. I was, you know, healthy. I was making money. I was like, okay, I should be happy. But there was this gaping hole of like friendships and connection in my life. And I was like, oh my God, I need connection and I need friendship. So I think that really looking at my life of like, what's missing that I don't think is missing because Ashley, I told myself the story that I was better off alone because of like just prior things that have happened in relationships or, you know, things that had happened growing up. And I was like, I got to take care of myself. If I want things done right, I have to do it myself. I'm better off alone. I don't have to worry about other people. And then there was just this gaping hole of like, you need connection. And I think that through really looking at my life and saying something's not right, like I'm not enjoying my daily life, even though I'm doing all of these things. And I think that that was really a game changing process is what's not working in your life. So of course it was books and podcasts and amazing mentors and going to events, but I don't think anyone was like talking about, especially to women, like hi, you need connection so badly. Like you can read all the books in the world, but if you don't create the connection, the accountability and the people to bounce ideas off of, if you verbally process, like it doesn't matter. You're just going to sit there and feel even more depressed because as our friend, uh, Samantha Skelly says, she says, 
um, uh, consumption without integration equals frustration. And I think I was just consuming, consuming, consuming. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, like, how do I, I don't even know how to integrate because I needed other people to help me understand that. So interesting. And I think, you know, Sam, I love that you bring her up, like me having spent my time in Bali with her. I learned so much just like sharing a room. And I I also find that when I watch you, you feel like somebody who I look at your career. I'm like, wow, you've been through a lot. You've been through something similar to me. Like you've been through financial loss. You've been through bouncing back. I'm curious for everybody listening. Like, can you paint a picture of like some of the ideas and like experiences you've had in business that have brought you to this point where we're talking about how to turn an idea into a reality? Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So yes. Um, <laughs> you're like, wow, we're, how far do we go back? Identities like now, as, as, you know, every year I get older, I'm like, wow, it, life really has so many chapters. So I think of so many people who here's where I believe people get stuck and I'll go back to my story in one second. But I, I think that we still get in that old school mentality that our one idea or one career has to be the idea. And it's not the case. Like you just need a first idea because it's going to get to your second and your third. There's never, there is no such thing as your big idea. Like there just isn't. It's just like, there's a million different ideas that are going to keep on going because even people who, you know, like, uh, I think of Sarah Blakely and she's probably like, yeah, Spanx isn't my only idea. Like I have all these other ideas now. And she's, doing all of these other things. So there's no big idea. There's always an idea that leads to the next idea and the next idea. So detaching from thinking it has to be this perfect thing, because if it's one idea, you can get so stuck thinking it has to be perfect or you're going to, you know, you have to go all in on this or you can't let go of it. When sometimes we get ideas in order just to learn, let go of it, lose money on it, and then get the next idea. Like, but you have to go through the process. So with that said, going back to um, my story, I started in um, a fitness career. So basically I just thought that I wanted to be Jillian Michaels, like no lie. I was like, I'm going to be on covers of magazines and I'm going to be Jillian Michaels. And check, from check, that- check. You did it. <laughs> and it looked completely different than I thought it was going to look. Um, but I spent all of this time really focusing on trying to get fitness magazine covers because I mean, looking back, it was really so much about, um, you know, validation and wanting to be seen and making sure that, you know, people would start taking me serious because I just, you know, I came from a really small town. I I was raised in a restrictive religion. And with that said, like, I didn't do, like, I was homeschooled through high school. I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't really do anything in my career until I was about 27 or 28. Like, I was just, I was a barista. Like, I was doing makeup. I worked at a salon. Like, really random job jumping and had massive panic attacks and anxiety and, like, was on the whole, you know, uh, three different medications for panic attacks. And it was this whole thing that I was convinced that I would never break free of that identity. And it took us losing our home and Chris losing his job and us having no money coming in and us looking at each other. And he's like, you got to bring in some money. (laughs) I was like, okay, like your back is up against the wall. And it just, that was it. I, I literally was like, okay, we're like $350,000 in debt. We just lost our house. We just literally lost everything. I have to get it together and figure this shit out. Like I have to figure this out. So it's amazing what happens when you're in a place of having to, you know, figure it out bigger. Yeah. Yep. 
So that's when I decided to start training and I opened a tiny gym after working at an LA fitness and getting $6 per 30 minute session. What? And I was totally booked all day long. You guys, I hustled so hard, $6 per 30 minute session. And so I was training and doing sales and I was like, this hustle is insane. But, but I, so I want to start sharing these chapters here. So that was the dream, right? To start training in order to start getting these different covers because that had always been the dream. And what happened there is, did I want to be working in LA Fitness? No, but it was the fastest education I've ever gotten in my life. So 30 minute sessions, picture that every, you know, a new person every 30 minutes for like six to eight hours a day. Mm. And it was just, I got to work with every type of person. I got to work with different people who had, you know, um, different injuries, all of these things, all the things that scared me. It was like, you just don't have a choice. You got to learn and you got to figure it out as you go. So I wasn't there for more than I think a year. And I had one of my clients who was, uh, she was a chiropractor and just opened a chiropractic's office. And she was like, Hey, I have, um, a basement in my lower level. It's totally not finished. But if you train me, you can, um, swap for rent for like the first three months until you start making money and we'll figure it out. And I was like, hell yes. I started training like next week in her unfinished basement. So you guys, you know, like the, um, uh, insulation like that was showing the wires were showing it was like studs and insulation oh my god it's amazing I went <laughs> I went to Target and got three mirrors that go on the back of your door stuck those like to the the studs and went and got some hand weights some bands that like snapped in my face several times because they broke um and that was it and I started training down there for like a year and I, t- I just told everybody who came down, I was like, oh, I'm under construction. I'm remodeling. Um, I had no money to remodel. <laughs> so amazing. So amazing. And so from there, I got enough money that I opened my own gym. Like I got a beautiful space. I was able to open a gym. Um, and then I was training for a while in this gym and I had it for about two years and I was like, oh my God, this is not the dream anymore. I realized that I could train people all day long, but if I didn't change their mindset, their body never changed. So, and that just started to get really frustrating to me. And also I was noticing that if I wanted to go to the next level, I had to mentally go to the next level. And, uh, you know, with this network marketing company that I had joined along the way, um, it was just, there was so much there about learning about, you know, when, when I reach a ceiling with the income that I had started making, they really talked a lot about, it's usually because you're reaching a ceiling on yourself and your growth. Mm. So that's when I would just start growing and learning uh, personal development and watching how like the body, the money, all of these things are just outcomes of really developing your mind. Um, so from there, it went network marketing and pulling that idea through. And let me tell you what it's like to pull a network marketing dream through. Tell me. <laughs> um, it is so challenging because when we started, so this was eight years ago, and I'm sure you remember like network marketing now still has somewhat of a stigma, but nothing like it did eight years ago. Oh, like yeah. network marketing eight years ago was not cool, like mm-hmm. not cool. And when I started it in the fitness business, I had so many different people being like, oh, you're just trying to sell this and you're such a sellout and all of these things. But I knew the product worked like it changed my life, like drastically changed how I was feeling and eating. Um, so for me, I was like, this is, I mean, this is brilliant. This makes so much sense. I'm in the fitness business. They have to eat food. So if I can train their mind and their body and just tell them what to do, this is going to be so much easier, especially living in the Midwest where there's no access to great food. So for me, it was like this commitment 
to this dream and knowing, um, you know, knowing what I needed to do. So much of it was surrounding myself with other people who believed in network marketing as well. So I had to completely change all of my friends. I completely changed my tribe. I started going to all of these network marketing events because I needed to build my belief. And so much of this is what you have to do in every idea. So that was a huge staple for me that I learned so much about. If you want to keep an idea alive, or as we were kind of talking about before this, Ashley, if you want to pull an idea through the valley of death, like that's what an idea. So an idea comes from your higher self, right? Like you see it, you get the vision. I know you've had an idea like this with your book, right? Like you see it, your higher self is like, all of a sudden, all of this energy comes in and it's like, yes, this is the thing that you need to do. This is the direction. But when you actually go to sit down to do it and do the actions, it's like, that idea now has to walk with you through the valley of death and it's going to be a long ass walk. And the reason that so many people's dreams die is because they forget that you're not going to see the finish line. You're like, you can't see the finish line and it's not going to feel good. It actually feels quite terrible most days. And I think that we think it's like, Oh wait, this is easy for her. This looks so great on Instagram or how she must just love her life. And it's like, can we be really way more transparent about dreams are super hard work and super challenging as well. But that's the beautiful part of it is that every day it's growth. Um, so with the network marketing, I had to completely do quite a few things to make sure that that dream stayed alive. And like I said, so much of it was events, belief, the people that I was with, what was I listening to? What was I doing? How was I building like this, uh, different mindset around money and around, um, what this was really doing for people. And then from network marketing, it just really became like, now I had the money. So we'll, we'll kind of talk about that too. I had to stay in network marketing and I still am, but so much of it is because I, not only was I so passionate about what it was doing, but I also knew that I was going to need this money to create this next project. So a lot of times we want to jump to the next project, but we're not quite there yet, or it needs a bit more of a foundation, whether that's with money or whether that's with your health. Maybe you need to focus on your health a bit more. Maybe you need to focus on your habits. Um, so yeah, from there came just the whole book and it came the events and all of the other things. So I feel like my identity has shifted so many different times. Mm. Um, and even through the mindset stuff, it's, it's still shifting. I'm so curious, like, when do you think was the tipping point where you really identified with fitness and then you started to identify more so with personal development in your space and the work you're doing? Um, you know, I do think it was back when I had my gym, like back in 2012. Okay. And I will, I'll tell you that I even, I started winning fitness competitions when I started switching to just focusing more on mindset. Amazing. Like it wasn't, it was such people literally felt a shift and it was because I just knew that it was it wasn't about how I looked. Yes, it is. That gets your foot in the door, right? But let's talk about a fitness competition. It's a million women who all look the same and they all look amazing. So how do you choose? And I was like, okay, well, how are people attracted to anything? I'm like, well, they're attracted to what you make them feel like. Mm -hmm. They're attracted to the value that you're giving and they're attracted to your energy. So I started adding, literally adding that all in was like, okay, what value do I add every day in the fitness space that maybe other people aren't adding? Like, and that was just honestly showing up every single day on Facebook and sharing my authentic story around the fitness journey, but so much of it just around my life. Mm. And then, um, started really teaching people just around mindset, around how mindset affects fitness so much. And then also whenever I would go on stage, I literally was like, 
make them feel, this is so crazy, but it's literally something I do now too. I do like this Care Bear stare through my heart. (laughs) (laughs) And I picture shooting out like amazing energy to people, wanting them to like feel that we're connected and I want them to feel good. And I want them to like, I just want to send like so much love through my heart space. And that's what I did on stage when it actually started shifting for me. And I started winning. Mm, God, it's all energy. You know, uh, I don't think I told you this, Lori, but when I started creating my webinar for my job hunting course, now the job offer Academy, I, uh, remember I tested it, you know, 40 to 50 times before yes. it started making money. And the one that actually won, um, my friend Renee West, she is a former, she was the first female executive on the strip, the CEO of MGM Excalibur. Um, and she, she ended, she's left since, but in that time she was still the chief executive officer. And I called her and said, I'm doing this webinar. Nothing's working. What do you suggest? I'm feeling so dejected. And like, I feel like a failure in everything. And she said, meditate and say a prayer and feel how much you could actually make a difference in people's lives through their job hunt. Like really feel it and set aside 10 minutes before your presentation just for that purpose. And that was the only performance I had that highly converted as a webinar. And it is the one that I made my entire business profits off of. Mm. And why do we, for, like, I still forget that sometimes. Yeah. It's like just connecting to, to why you're doing something, connecting to your belief, connecting to the people that you're connecting with. And this doesn't have to be business, right? Like this can be anybody in their corporate job. That's like wanting to make an impact in their presentation. It's like remembering who they're talking to. I think that we just get so stressed out and busy that we just think like that kind of stuff is extra polish versus like the entire platter. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. And this is such a good reminder because it's so easy to get caught up in, especially when you do business and personal development. Sometimes we start to think that we're talking to our peers like, and we need to teach them something new. And that's, it's totally not the case. And even this conversation, looking at it, like none of this is new, but it's the most important reminders for myself and for you and for any business person, like it's so important just to go back to the basics of why you're doing it and remembering like the energy that you're in and really wanting to project that forward. Yeah. God, it's, I'm, it's so fascinating to me, Lori, because whenever I have really good friends on this show, I'm, I'm asking you questions that I would not ask you when I'm sitting at your house, like shooting the shit. And so it's really fun to like picture you. And I know Chris, um, and those of you who haven't listened, I did an um, episode on U-Turn with Chris Harder, who did an episode on money mindset. So powerful. So I did get some sense of the fact that you guys lost it all and bounced back. And I've been through that. And like, I've literally just about completed that chapter of my life. And it is so profound to hit rock bottom and there's such a dignity to it. So I'm curious, like you got into mindset and stuff like that. But I think that in the recent years, it's not like you haven't felt to me like you've hit a rock bottom, but it feels like you've been in transition and like asking these big questions with all of these ideas you want to turn into reality or you're exploring. So for anybody listening right now who wants to kind of figure this out, um, you were saying like, number one is choosing what idea to do first, like how to even pick what idea you want to turn into a reality. And so I'm curious what your feedback is on that, because I think so many people are sitting in all of their ideas and they're just kind of like their head looks like that emoji with the head exploding, you know? Uh-huh. Oh man, this is such a good question because so many of us get stuck in the question, yeah. which one do I pick? 
or they start all of them at once and that's totally not going to work. Um, but you have to remember the most important thing that you can possibly do when you have ideas is just to start moving forward. Like literally there's something about taking action on one of the ideas that's going to keep on moving you forward and get you more clear. So action creates clarity, nothing else. There's no amount of like sitting when you have a ton of ideas, no amount of just sitting and thinking even more is going to get you clarity. If you're a person who's like, I don't know, I keep getting stuck. You have to grab one of the ideas and take action on it. But how do you even start to pick what idea that is? A lot of times you need to look at where do I need the most support? Like what has to come first in order for me to even continue on? So for a lot of people, it's going to be something that's going to be able to make money first. So Um, One of the most important things that you can do if you do have a big idea is figure out how can you bring in either the money or create an exchange so that you can start creating the actions to move forward. And sometimes it's not going to be the thing that you want to do the most first, or sometimes you're going to have to just not take any action yet and really focus on the job that you're already doing and start saving money for this action to come through. So that's Mm. like the last idea that people want to hear. But sometimes it's the first idea that you need to start doing is going, okay, so this idea is going to take a website or it's going to take, you know, a few things that I have to buy for this podcast, or I want to write a book and I want to get a coach or whatever that looks like. All right, so I don't have the funds to do that yet. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start saving first and this idea is going to sit for a while or I'm going to, you know, just start practice writing or whatever that looks like. But sometimes you have to pull backward in order to move forward with an idea. Mm, I love that. And, you know, those of you who've been listening to me, you guys hear me say clarity comes from engagement. It doesn't come from thought. So I love that you're saying this in another way that really could land because I think sometimes it doesn't, you know, like, but yeah, you're right. Like you can't get action without clarity. And I think that there's a lot of judgment in personal development, Laurie, and you can, I'm curious what you think of this around like doing something as a means to an end. Like sometimes people are like, you're doing this thing, but that's not in alignment. And if you should, if you want something, just go do the thing you want. When really it's like, well, flipping burgers at Burger King might be the most in alignment thing ever if that's going to get you the dream that you have. But at what point are you trading in your life, your journey for a goal that is like this nebulous thing? Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, so... This is this is so hilarious because last year I we put out a course on alignment and I couldn't have felt more out of alignment. Oh, um, you. <laughs> That's so good. And it was beautiful because looking back, it was totally in alignment because I I believe that alignment is really just showing up and asking yourself like what feels good that day and what's what's like most important to keep moving forward and what feels most truthful. And you know, there's a lot of things that I've done that don't necessarily feel in alignment because to me, I think the word alignment just kind of gets this airy fairy rap. Like it's got to feel good. Like I've, Oh my God, I've had so many people who are like, it just didn't feel good. So I bailed. I'm like, what? Yeah. You can't bail on a decision you already made. Like, especially if it's someone else's 
thing like this is so important to like follow like totally on your word i'm such a person who honors their words oh my god lori that that's like a spiritual bypass that i've been noticing in our community like a lot of people do spiritual bypasses in dating right where they're like we're meant to be in this struggle we're meant to be married even if he cheated on me with 20 prostitutes and does blow when i don't look you know like so there's that spiritual bypass but i'm noticing in our community right now there is a spiritual bypass going on of people being like they make a commitment, they don't show up and they say, it doesn't feel good in my body. I can't just like, I can't dishonor myself. And I'm so glad you're talking about this. I'm like fired up because <laughs> it's like, what is that? Like, that's a spiritual bypass. Like there, yes, sometimes your body doesn't feel well and you can't show up for something that you committed to. And it is an integrity to say, Hey, I can't do this. I'm so sorry. But if that's like what you're leading with most of the time, you're just out of integrity. And I'm so glad you're calling that out. Mm-hmm. It's because your yes was out, right? Your yes was out of integrity. Then, like, you have to just like, like, be clear on. Um, it, here's another. Here's another thing. You are only going to get the support that you're also willing to put in. So I think so often people are like, oh, it didn't feel good, but it was maybe going to someone's event or maybe it was some speaking at someone's event or doing an article or something that someone was actually relying on you, you know, or somebody was going to feel your support and it was going to mean a lot. Like, I think the reason that we're, that a lot of people are kind of going that way of like, oh, it didn't feel good or, or, or whatnot is, um, because they don't want to go through the discomfort of saying the initial no. Yeah. Because you know, I always know when I'm going to not want to go. And sometimes I'm going to not want, like, like, to be honest with you, I just went to an awesome book launch, but I knew I wouldn't want to go that day, but I committed because I was like, I have to hold myself to this because I want to support this person. I know it's going to be amazing, but honestly, I don't want to sit in traffic for two hours. And I know that every part of me is going to want to bail that day but I am not going to, did it feel good that day? No, my soul was like, Oh, hell no. Why'd you do this to yourself? Like this sucks. <laughs> it felt so out of alignment for me that day, but I was like, no, my higher self wants to be here, wants to show up, wanted to commit. Like you better freaking go there because so many women showed up for you when you mm-hmm. were launching your book or doing your thing. So, you know, there's going to, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm a total, like, I'm such a homebody that I a lot of the things that I do don't feel good. So does that mean that connecting is out of alignment for me? No, actually it's so in alignment that I have to remember when my higher self is asking for connection that I'm like, you hate the process of getting there. Just remember that that day you feel anxious, it doesn't feel good, but then it always pays off. So again, it goes to massive self-awareness. Cause if we're always like, Oh, it doesn't feel good. It's like, well, duh, no growth feels like shit. Yeah. So. Well, you're like a fitness person, right? Like your muscles rip apart to come back together. It's literally on a physiological, biological level, right? Like the growth mm-hmm. being painful. So sorry for the quick interruption, but I want to make sure you know that this episode has been brought to you by the Job Offer Academy, our e-course to help you land a new job you love. So if you're sick of applying for jobs and never hearing back, and you'd like to try a free version of our job hunting course, just head on over to U-TurnPodcast.com slash job offer. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N-Podcast.com slash job offer. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Okay. So obviously I can go on like 700 tangents with you cause I'm obsessed with you. So tell me about 
everybody who's sitting right now and they're like, okay, what idea do I do first? What would be like in a nutshell, the thought you have about picking that idea first? Okay. I just want to get a little more granular on this and share with my story. Let's do it. Um, every time I've wanted to switch and I get an idea, it's like, you know, where I want to go or a new business, or I'm like, I'm like, I'm being so called to this thing. I usually don't get to take massive action on it right away because of funds or my life is not yet set up to do that thing, but you can always start doing that thing on the side or working toward it. Like, um, taking active, like small actions while you are still in your present state to, um, support yourself. Meaning when I was, um, at my gym and I had this studio, I wanted to go all in on network marketing. Well, network marketing was not yet making the money that I needed at all. So, so many people are like, do I just take the leap and do I go for it? And you absolutely can, but if you are not yet a person who can completely hold yourself accountable to that, if you are like still able to stay in your current position and reassess and make more money, there's so many times when I think it's important to stay and to really um, change your perception of the place that you're at. So it's an opportunity. So I want to give everybody the opportunity right now to do something that is massively going to shift where you're at in the decision that you're making. If you're in a job that you hate, if you, so I was in a gym that I loved. This was the dream. Woke up one day, wasn't the dream anymore. Mm. Hated it. (laughs) Mm. So I had the opportunity because Chris and I had long talks. I'm like, I'm just going to go for him and do this thing. He's like, I mean, what are you going to do all day? He's like, you don't, you have to just stay where you're at. You have this awesome income. We need to save some more money. Just be patient. And I was like, oh my God, like I have to re, like I have to perceive this place in a new way. So I did some serious work around, you know, this was the dream. What am I able to do with this? How can I impact people more in this gym with what I'm doing? So Uh, part of what I wanted to do with network marketing was to help women with their business. And I wanted to impact their life and their mindset. So I said, how can I do that right now? Staying in this gym, because clearly I shouldn't leave yet. And I can't leave. And I don't have the money to leave like where we would feel comfortable leaving. It would be a huge stretch. Mm. And so what I started to do was implement like business days at my gym. I'm like, Laura, you have the space use the space to do these little workshops. So I started doing like free workshops. I started hosting all of these different things in the direction that I wanted to go. And you don't have to have a space to do this. You guys, I did meetups like on the beach and outside too, like so many other times, or I asked a friend if I could borrow her, um, meetup space at her apartment because she got it for free. I started doing meetups there too. So, um, you don't have to, have money to even start doing the thing that you want to do. And what ended up happening is I started to be known for the person who was connecting women who just had ideas and wanted to do more with their life. So when it came time to actually switch into network marketing, what happened is that grew the network marketing business and it kind of grew this schedule for me where I was like, Oh, I I kind of had this natural schedule that I'm falling into and people are starting to know me now for this other thing. So you're creating transitions and you're shifting your perception. I had never been more grateful for my gym after that. So I stayed for, I think like another year or something. 
Um, and it ended up being like the most beautiful time to change my perception around my gym, to really get re-excited about what's possible with my clients there, to really get re-excited about, I get to use this space and, you know, this extra time or whatever that I have in order to start shifting. So I think that that's really important for people who are like, you know, I don't even know what to do first. Well, a lot of times if you have to stay, cause I think that might be the answer for a lot of people. They're not going to be able to be like, I listen to this podcast and tomorrow I'm starting my job mm-hmm. or this new business that I want. Mm-hmm. So change your perception and get really, really, really freaking grateful for what you have, but also look at how, what you have could be the jumping off point for a new thing. So if you want to be a coach, if you want to start a business, like, could you actually go to your boss or are you the boss? Could you actually go to your boss and be like, Hey, I would love to see if I could get a program going for like all of the different people here on health or on um, thinking bigger or on creating a better, you know, foundation for themselves. Just like, how could you implement what you want to do into your life right now, whether it's at work and asking if you can create something or if it's outside of work and you're doing it on the weekends, like if you want to start transitioning, it is, you're going to have a time, a period in your life where it's a hustle. And I, I, you know, I think so many people, that word is not a very popular word right now, but I don't know how else to tell you. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> you're gonna, if you are in the process of an identity shift or changing your life, you are breaking through the atmosphere. And the only way to get to the next level to break through the atmosphere is to be in full throttle on the rocket ship, or you're just going to break down. So it's like full throttle time for a period of time. And then when you break through, it gets a bit easier and you can get rid of that other job. So that's a great way to look at, you know, what can I do first or what actions can I start taking first? Can I just do a meetup? Can I start being known for this thing? Um, because it's the really small actions that are actually going to get you moving, uh, to where you want to go and the feedback from those actions. Mm, Okay. So question about this. So I remember when my business like totally tanked and, you know, I went from making all these millions to losing a lot and I went back to my roots. So I'd, I'd gone from, you know, private coaching, having a private practice to having online courses and having a lot of employees and then kind of looking at my life, looking at my ghostwriting company and saying, where do I want to go? And for a while I thought I'm going to do private coaching. I love it. It's my roots and I can help people. And then there was a period where I got tired of it and then I kind of came back to it. And so I've had a relationship with different services that I've offered where I have energy for them and I don't. Um, And I think that that was a luxury for me that I had different things that I offered on my way out of debt. Um, But I think so many people are, they feel like they're up against a wall and like, yes, it's a means to an end, right? But there could be years, right? Going towards building your dream where maybe somebody's doing something they don't want to do. So is there like a fine line? Like, let's say it took me 10 years to pay off my debts and I had to do it. You know, I was buying into the belief that I had to be private coaching or something. Like I'm grateful that I enjoy it, but I have a lot of friends who are tired of private coaching. They want to do courses. They want to do events, whatever have you. Um, so what feedback would you have for somebody? Like, where is that line where it's like, yes, this is a means to an end. Oh, wow. You need to come up with different means to your end. Um, I think people know. Yeah. (laughs) I really think it's when you are like, just, if you sat with yourself, would you call yourself on your bullshit? Like, wow, you're just afraid. You're either, cause there's always, um, I believe you can always be starting something no matter what. Like there's always another mode that you could tap into. And I think that's a conversation you have to have with yourself. Like the moment of, okay, I'm still working here. You know, maybe I'm still at my Burger King job or whatever, like where the job you don't want to be at. 
And, you know, yes, you are paying off your debt and yes, it's useful, but is there the next level that you could be doing? Do you need to start hanging out with people who are at that next level so you can learn what that really looks like? Do you need deadlines? For me, I needed to get really, really, really like real with myself and be like, okay, you need to set this deadline because I can tell you're dragging your feet. Mm -hmm. Like you are hardcore procrastinating right now because I'm so good at it. Like, Oh my God, here's what happens to people who are just like, who have something they can fall back on or who have the ability to make some money. Like you can procrastinate so well because you'll fool yourself into thinking that you're making progress when you're actually not making the progress that you want. So really measure your life and be like, yes, you're making progress and yes, you're making money, but what's the area that you actually want to be moving forward in? Are you doing actions to make progress there? So I've always used deadlines and I know it sounds so basic, like, okay, duh, but when you really use deadlines, what I mean is you kind of have to put so much on the line that you're forced to show up for those deadlines. Um, so there's been a lot of different ways that I've done that. Like even fitness competitions for me in the very beginning were huge ways to like set deadlines on what I, you know, wanted to show up for, um, network marketing. Like when we wanted to make deadlines or like when we wanted to make money by a certain point, like we would call it out. Like we would tell everyone on our team, we would get everybody involved. We would want to know their income goals. Like we would all get on the same page together. And again, there's these themes of surrounding myself with people and creating accountability in my life. Yes. I've never not created accountability because otherwise I'm not going to show up for me. I will bullshit myself again. Cause I'm great at that. Like <laughs> so, creating massive accountability in my life around deadlines and making sure that it's like, um, you know, are you making progress on the thing? Just going back to that thing that you really want. Otherwise you are going to stay stuck in that area. Mm-hmm. I love that you're sharing that. And I think that there's so much power because you're right. I think people do know, and actually you're tapping into something that I feel like as a career coach, I've, I've noticed all this time is that people who come to me and say, I don't really know what I want to do in the workforce. It's like, yeah, this is a zone of genius for me, but most people already know what they actually want to be doing and they discounted it somewhere along the way. And so I think just, it's been such proof for me that people really are their own own um, set of intelligence that they already do know what they do or don't want and they know their limitations and their tipping points and I think a lot of people buy into the belief that they can't leave something or shift it so for example the person who is making a ton of money in their corporate job but wants to invest in a business idea it's like they know that tipping point where they're selling their soul too far in, uh-huh. in saving that money. And they and there are options, as you said, where they can go get a different job while they're on their way to this dream that doesn't totally crush them. Um, so there's so many options. And I think a lot of people just lose touch with their freedom. And I'll never forget, Lori, and this is so fun for me to even tell you this, is the day that I paid off my American Express, I texted people in caps lock and I said, oh my God, I'm paying off American Express. And that was my biggest debt. And my friend wrote in caps lock back, you're free, you're free. And I wrote back something that I never forgot. And it came out of my fingers without me even knowing. And I said, I was always free. Oh, oh my God. That's amazing. And it's like, I was always free. And I think that people, um, there's two types of freedom, right? Like freedom to life, what life is going to give you and freedom from life where people are running away and wanting to get away. And that's the person that's like going on 500 trips to not be with themselves. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And Uh 
I think like the when you really look at what you're saying here, picking an idea, it's like, okay, so come up with your dream and then it's like make yourself available to life. And that might be, hey, my life right now is here and this is where I'm earning money to support me to go there. But I also know that I am free to go and do it a different way if my body is telling me that I can't do it anymore. So powerful. Um, um. So I'm curious, like, for people who are listening to us, because, God, I'm, like, getting lost in, like, all the goodness here. Like, (laughs) somebody who has all these ideas and they can't pick a dream, how do they commit to one? Oh, man. Okay, so I... Here's the thing. You just have to pick the one that feels most... either, Either most supportive right now. Like, if you're somebody who doesn't have a lot of time, you need to... This this sounds crazy, but maybe you'll relate. Like sometimes you just need to go with a low hanging fruit, like the one you know you're gonna like is easiest to take action on, because again, it's just the forward movement and the habit of moving forward, the habit of actually taking action on something different. And a lot of times it's going to give you your next steps or it's going to make the next big thing that you need to do a lot easier, or you're going to meet the next person. Like there is so much, you know, I, I hate to be that person who's like, these aren't super clear steps because there's a lot of, um, no, but that's good. I think that that answer affirms for people that like the fogginess is okay. Sometimes it just comes down to taking a choice. It's, and that's the whole thing is I can tell you like throughout my entire career, it's never been clear. Like it's always been a bit of, um, you know, and there's a bit of like mysticism to it too. Like there's something about just taking action. That's going to start bringing you everything that you need. So many people want to go to, and this is amazing. I have events. I do courses. I do all of the things, but so many people want to go to events for self-development or go to trainings to learn. And I'm like, your life literally provides everything that you need to learn if you would just start taking the action steps. Like everything that's going to come up around you, even making this first decision, everything that's going to come up around you taking the first action step to go meet somebody that you need or book a phone call, there's going to be so much resistance along there. There's going to be so many things that come into your space that are all for you. Like there's always two answers. It's, it's either that it's too hard or it's too scary. Like you just have to figure out which one it is and then deal with how to support yourself and just keep moving through it because you can do any of the actions. Like there's always something holding you back. So if you can kind of face like, okay, do I think it's just too hard or is it too scary? And I think those are the two things that always, it's not, you don't know what to do. You totally know what to do. You always know what to do. And if you're sitting there like, I don't know what to do. Like you could Google, how can I, how could I get this website? And that would be an action that would probably be important for, you know, different people. Mm. So really looking at if, if knowing forward movement is the thing that's actually going to even just get all of your ideas moving forward movement on one choice, you could draw it from a hat if you literally can't decide. But I think people know, like if I told you, Ashley, okay, put all your ideas in a hat and you have to pick one, you'd be like, well, no, because actually I want to do this one. Yeah, exactly. And I think that really what this bullet that we're talking about right now of choosing what idea to do first is like more about like realizing that there is no right idea and trusting yourself that on what feels good in your body and connecting enough to yourself to even know that. Yes. Even if it feels like it's getting you further from the biggest idea that you want to do if it feels right, it's because there's lessons there that you're meant to learn for the big idea. Oh, so good, Lori. Okay. So point number two, the process of pulling that idea into a reality. So before we started recording, we kind of came up with these few points. 
what does that look like for you? Because to me, that sounds like, oh my God, that's when like it's party time. And that feels probably very scary for a lot of people once they've been in thought, because sometimes thought is just resistance and we think and think and think, so we don't have to do. Mm. Okay. So this is beautiful. And I'm just going to use my book as an analogy. Like I was... I was on an airplane when I got the idea for the book. I got the title. It was just like, you know, those feelings. And I know everybody who listens to this podcast has had this feeling where the idea comes, you see it, you're vibrating. You actually don't feel like your body is touching the ground. Like you're levitating and you're like, this is, oh my God, this is it. Like yeah. it's so <laughs> powerful. And you are given all of the energy that you need in that moment to like really start building belief and really be able to see it. And it's just like truth throughout your entire body. And so that's what it was for me. And I really believe that we're given that and you're supposed to just like, like literally take a picture in your mind and know that that is the North star. So then all of a sudden you kind of start to come down from the adrenaline and (laughs) you're like starting to think about you have no idea how to even write a book. You, you, you know, have an eighth grade English, like, <laughs> like, um, basically education. And you're like, why do I, why did I just get that book as an idea? <laughs> um, so then reality starts to set in and you're like, okay, maybe that wasn't a great idea. It is now your duty because if you got that feeling, right, Ashley, you've yeah. had that feeling several yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> if you got that feeling, you're, and you're going to get it more. Don't be like, this idea is going to go away and I'm never going to get another one. Guess what? You're a human being. You're naturally connected to source. Like you're going to get many more ideas. You get to decide which one to act on. Like you're not going to get a lot more, but you'll get many more. So I chose that one to act on because I knew a book was just my truth, but bringing it through is like, Now you have to go back to your normal self because for a while you got to like be in your higher self and get all that energy. Now you come down and reality starts question, like you start questioning everything. Mm -hmm. Do I have a big enough audience? Are people even going to want to hear this? What does this even look like? Blah, blah, blah. You have to go back to the initial feeling and know that that was truth in your body because you're going to get everything you need along the way. That was a glimpse. Like I believe like God or source or whatever you believe, like that is a gift of a glimpse of what is possible. Like that vision was for you. So now you have to be in full faith and know you have to figure it out in reality on how to pull this through. And in the business world, like we, I was talking about, they call it the Valley of death because it's like one of the most challenging things because it feels bleak. Like you're walking through a desert going, okay, well, how do I make this idea happen? And as far as you can see, there is nothing like you have no idea. You don't know who to connect with. You don't know what to do. You don't have the resources. And now it's your job to go and do all of these different things and still keep that belief. Mm-hmm. So pulling this idea through means tapping into that feeling, whether it's your a visualization every single morning of who it's going to affect, whether, and that's five minutes, like remembering that vision that you got and then taking a small action on what it means to move forward. So now I want to write this book. I'm not someone who hangs out with authors. I'm not someone who has any idea I or any idea how to do this. So guess who I needed to start hanging out with and listening to and focusing on and putting myself in rooms of, obviously, authors. authors. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> so slowly I started, you know, talking to my author friends. I started saying who wrote a book that I love. What did I love about it? Um, what events did they go to? Did they have a writing coach? What is, what is a literary agent? Do I need one? How do I get one? Um, I started putting all of these things like out into the universe and like, uh, right away I, I posted on Facebook cause you know, that's what we do. Yeah. Um, as one does, Hey, anybody have a literary agent? Um, I have this book idea that I really want to do message in my inbox the next day from someone I knew and trusted. I have a literary agent. Want me to get you on a call with her? Please don't say no to that. Please say yes to that. Mm. So <laughs> when these things come, right, just say yes, even if you're not ready. I wasn't ready. I had no idea. But I got on the phone with the literary agent, started giving me direction. I got on there and just was super honest. I'm like, hey, no clue how this works. I don't even know, like, if I'm a, a good writer. I have no idea, like, what are the, what's even the process? So put yourself in the uncomfortable situations way before you even feel ready. I did that over and over and over again, got on different calls with people, um, because I wanted to make sure I was creating accountability and enough people knew that I wanted to write this book and that I was connecting with all the right people who were going to help me resuscitate this dream. Like I want every single person like willing to do CPR on my book dream when I start to, you know, when it starts to die. So my life was like filled with people now. And I started just focusing on fill it with more people who are doing the book journey. Like who, who are they? What does it look like? What are the events? And I just, that became my focus and it had to be because otherwise everything else is going to pull away from it. Mm. So when you want to pull that dream through, you better make sure your brain is just focused on that vision. That's a huge one. It's so helpful and so ironic, right? Because before we started recording, I was like, I am in a corner with this book. Like I'm stuck. Like, <laughs> what do I do? And so it's just like the proof is in the pudding. Look at us talking about this in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you were talking about make, so I, I love the idea, like p- people need to surround themselves with people who are pulling that idea into reality themselves or who have already done it. Um, also making sure that you have a life to sustain the outcome you want. So this one feels really deep to me because for the longest time I had a belief that in order to be like, it, it was one thing to build a business, but keeping it was really painful. And I, that came from watching my dad lose everything. So like I have a lot of limiting beliefs that I've worked through around sustainability. Um, and so I'm so curious, like what, what do you have to say for everybody listening about how can they create their life to sustain the results that they're going to start working towards? I'm learning so much about, so I, I love that I threw this one out while I'm learning it. Um, yeah, me and you both. (laughs) Let's, let's unpack this. So I think that in order to learn sustainability, I think sustainability is also just like how I believe balance is learned through extremes. Um, I believe that sustainability is learned through extremes as well. Um, so for us, like, you know, looking, looking at my last year, I, I, I just did all of the things, right? Because I thought that I wanted to do all the things and I wanted the income from all of the things. And what I realized from doing all of the things is number one, it's not sustainable. Number two, it actually made me unhappy um, doing all of the things that I thought that I wanted to do. Um, and number three, that sustainability really comes from it it came from me doing all of the things to figure out the things that I wanted to go deep on the most and really focus on. Mm -hmm. And I think what is sustainable is figuring out what your focus is. I don't think your focus is always going to be your focus, but what is your focus for right now for this year or for the three year period or for a five year period? 
what is your focus and to just go deep with that and then eliminate everything else that no longer fits in that. Mm. But again, I don't think that you can figure it out without trying all of the things you want to try, seeing the ones that give you energy, that give you life, that you can also work on for long periods of time and get really focused on. And then eliminating all of the other things. I love it. So I couldn't have done it without the test though. Mm, So powerful. And I don't know how this conversation like is literally nearly over. I'm so curious for everybody listening because I'm sure they want to learn from you more. But if you could dwindle this down, this idea of turning ideas into reality to your favorite insight, your favorite resource, what would you have to share with someone listening right now who is swimming in their ideas and they really want to get into action? Mm, I'm just going to sit with that one. I would tell them that it's, I think it's so much easier than we are making it out to be because if, if we're not attached to the idea of, or to the outcome of your idea, because the outcome will always be different than you're thinking it is right now, but it will always be the outcome that you need in order to go to where you're actually meant to go. So something about ideas is that I think a lot of times an idea is just a carrot to get you moving in the right direction of where you're actually meant to go in your life. So releasing expectation and just taking massive action and being open to what comes to you um, has been really huge for all of my ideas because sometimes, Ashley, I don't know if you're the same, like the idea is going to change once, once you start, Yes. but starting and staying in motion is is the most important thing that you can possibly do. Stay in motion. I love that. Okay, so everybody listening, you've got to check out her podcast, Earn Your Happy, and go subscribe. I was on there. It was such an amazing conversation. Where else can everybody find you, Laura? Um, just at lauriharder.com if you want to go there because that's where the book and everything else is housed. So I'm so grateful for you, Ashley. Like, literally, this was this was like the joy of my month. I don't know. Just has such a nice <laughs> conversation, honestly. Thank you so much for your friendship and for your insights and for being here. Thank you for having me. Hey guys, it's Ash here, and uh, I just love Lori. I love being around her whenever we have dinners or wherever, whenever all of our girlfriends are together. She's just somebody who really like believes in female connection like I do, and it's such a meaningful thing to be around people like her. And what comes up for me when I think about this episode is the importance of community when it comes to bringing your ideas and turning it into a reality. If there's anything I've learned in my career, it's that, you know, like that term or that quote, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And so one of the biggest things I've learned when it comes to reaching my goals is that uh, most of my success, I can track back to my network. And when I say the word network, it kind of sounds like something that has an agenda or something with a transaction. But What I've learned is that what's the most sacred to me in my life is creating a network of friends and relationships, and yes, they're in business a lot of the time too, that I can show up for, I can support, and that I feel supported by. And it's made me really selective in who I network with because sometimes I'll think like, oh, this person would be really useful for me to know, but I don't really like their energy. And I'm just like, all right, it is what it is. Like, I'd rather network with somebody else, you know, on that team or in that company and get to know somebody else or be friends with somebody else or whatever. So 
Um, I have a really quick post-episode conversation with you about this. Uh, The message I want to relay is this. If you feel like your life could use some shine right now, if you feel like things are glum or that you're bored in your career or uninspired or you have some ideas and you don't know how to make them into a reality, everything comes back to having conversations. Whenever I wake up in the morning and I'm not enthused with my career or my life, the first question that comes to mind is where can I go have a conversation? And I want to simplify this. It doesn't mean you have to have a conversation with the CEO of whatever company. It means you need to just make yourself available for a conversation. And that means putting your head up and your eyes open in the world, taking your iPhone in your pocket um, and being there in the grocery store in the line, talking to the person behind you. That means if you're stuck in the peanut butter aisle, like talking to the person next to you, like, hey, which one do you like? Like starting to build that inner muscle of turning conversations into a lifestyle because all of my success has come back to a conversation that I've had and it's meant so much to me. And um, the projects that I'm working on now, a lot of the times they started with me talking to one person for no reason other than connecting. And they learned about me and I learned about them and they thought of somebody else I should talk to and I thought of somebody they should talk to. And so my invitation to you is this, Set a a reservation for a dinner um, in four weeks from now. Just pick a restaurant you're excited about and think about a goal that you have and think about what are the kinds of people you want at that table. Maybe you already know those people right now, but maybe you don't. And I would set the intention if you don't know these people or even if you do to save a few seats for new people. And um, I would go around the world with the intention of how can I find people that I want to have at my dinner table? How can I create community and inspiration? And if you can't find somebody in your day-to-day life, get online, look at people in your area who inspire you, go on LinkedIn, do an advanced search in your city, find people who are interesting and send them a cold message saying, hey, I know this is totally random. I do, um, sometimes I schedule dinners with other entrepreneurs who want to blah, 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 or other people in the workforce who have the goal of blah, blah, blah. It looks like we have really common dreams and um, I thought it'd be really fun to invite you to one of my dinners. Let me know if you're available or if you want to have a cup of coffee first and connect. I'd love to learn more about you. Um, By doing that, your dinner reservation starts to be an excuse for you to have coffee with people and connect with people. Um, And you can start scheduling these dinners maybe a few times a year where like a few times a year you get a little tickle and you schedule a reservation four weeks out and you set the intention of I'm going to fill those four chairs at the dinner table with me or I'm going to pick one person I know and have the other three people I don't know and I'm going to find them and I'm going to have coffee with them and I'm going to let them know about these dinners that I do to connect with like-minded people. Um, Whatever it is, um, And this is my inspiration for you because this is how you can start to become a curator, a community builder, and a connector. And networking is never taking when you're doing it right. It's giving. And I want to invite you to start doing that both to yourself and to the world. So sending you lots of love. Hope this was valuable. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. We keep really detailed show notes at U-TurnPodcast.com. So if our guest mentioned a book or a resource that you're interested in, you'll be able to find that there. In the meantime, if you were inspired by this episode, if it made an impact in your life, we would be so grateful if you subscribed and posted a review for us on iTunes. Rumor has it on the street, the more reviews we get, the more subscribes we get, the more we can grow and get our impact out there in the world. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you at Ashley Stahl on Instagram. I'm so grateful for connecting and I look forward to next week's episode.
This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.